Hello and welcome to Hiccup, the podcast series that explores all things parenting and mum life. I'm Jen, aka Irish Mama Buys, and each week I'll be joined by a special mum guest. We'll have a chat, we'll answer some of your listener questions, and just have some fun. So sit back, relax, if possible, grab a cup of tea, and enjoy the show. This week's episode is sponsored by Intune Parenting. What exactly is Intune Parenting? Well, let me tell you, I recently joined the Reset Group and oh, I am so glad that I did. It's a monthly online hub for busy parents of kids from zero to six that want to learn about the Intune Parenting Method. The group is designed for parents who feel that they're triggered by their children's behavior and it prevents them from parenting in the way they want to. The group runs every month in a private and supportive community where Helen will give you personalized tips. By joining, you'll access recorded hypnotherapy sessions and group discussion. And already, I feel the benefits from joining this group, speaking to other parents that are going through the same things with their little ones. It just makes you feel like it's not just you and everybody goes through this. So if you're feeling the same way as me, I definitely recommend checking out www.intuneparenting.com. And you'll also find Intune Parenting on Facebook and on Instagram. In this week's episode, I talked to Sophie White. Sophie is a mum of three boys, co-host of the Mother of Pod podcast and Creep Dive podcast, and successful author of fantastic books such as Filter This and Unfiltered. We start our chat with some laughs about how mum and dad sometimes have to work together to give each other a break or even a nice lie on. Sophie talks about how creativity has played a big part in her life since childhood. We speak about how when we get older or become mothers, we often feel that we have regrets about things that we haven't done or things we feel it's too late to do now. We chat about some of Sophie's passions from knitting her own outfits to singing Broadway tunes when she gets a moment in the house alone. Sophie talks openly about her mental health and how women's interests and needs haven't really been met in mainstream media and how this has led to the growth of blogs and women expressing their thoughts in different ways. And Sophie shares some wonderful inspiration about artists, mothers and how much she really admires them. A fantastic episode not to be missed. Hello and a big welcome to Sophie to the podcast. How are you today, Sophie? I am pretty good, like reasonable, reasonable. I'm tired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was out with friends last night. So I don't drink, but a very unfortunate thing about uh, not drinking is that you still get hangovers. Oh. They're just a different breed. Um, so like I've just, uh, I'm just milling coffee into my face and and moaning to myself. About <laughs> this is, but this it was great to be out. Like it was. I do feel rejuvenated. I feel like I've just been on a two-week holiday instead yeah. of like two, two hours at dinner, but it was amazing. Oh, brilliant. It's so funny because it's so true. Like, I think you just get to a point where even just being out and being like overtired just feels... <laughs> just like yeah 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 I know I feel like I've just come off like a festival or something I'm like oh <sighs> my god and my husband like he is hang- hung over for real and like he is just oh do you know I do enjoy watching him just going around in bits like it's kind of just fun you know yes like yes. kind of po- poke at him a little bit come along with my fake sympathy and be like, yeah, okay. But yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, just a little that bit. That was it. I'm a little bit smug, like. A bit smug, but I'm, and now to be fair, like this is, this is really not like an, an average Friday morning for me. 
just for everyone listening, I'm also going away with my friends today, basically. So <laughs> you've got me at like an absolute all time high in terms oh. of like yeah, social life and getting a break from kids and things like that. But uh, like I have to really bank the goodwill from him, my husband, do you know the way? So like we were both out last night, like it was absolutely understood that uh, because I'm going away for the weekend, I was to be home first and relieve the babysitter at like 10, mm-hmm. you know, he was like deep into Friday morning before he came home. So like, yay for him. And then also I work in the mornings and I usually would get up like at around six and work <laughs> during the kind of get ready to school breakfast thing and then I'd usually then like join back in at around eight and we would do the kind of bring kids to various institutions that thankfully will take them for some time (laughs) and uh this morning anyway like I was just like you know my alarm went off like at six obviously and I was a bit like so uh I think uh am I gonna am I gonna work or do you need me to and I was just looking at this like huge solid lump in the bed that like just wasn't answering me and like so so that's it I'm, I'm here like just banking goodwill before I then escape to Claire I'm so excited oh lovely and I, I love that we're this exactly the same in this house you just kind of have to make deals with each other like if you're gonna get this time then you know you're gonna have to help me out a little bit here <laughs> before you head yeah. off yeah yeah exactly oh fantastic and are you going away for the whole weekend then uh yeah I think yes we're the plan I'm going with two girlfriends and we are going to like we're really lucky to be honest like in the pits of January I was just like we have to try and make some things to look forward to yeah and I think all three of us had really like I mean everyone's had a tough January but for different reasons and stuff and so it was kind of the beginning of January I was like you know we couldn't really like afford you know the way like you're so strapped at the beginning of the year and anyway so I had like hunted down a friend of a friend's house oh and class. yeah and so it was very much more like everything is dictated like we don't choose where we're going we are like brilliant here's what we have and it's done it just turns out it's great it's near the Pollock pools and um, in Kilkee and I've oh. never been there and um, the guy that is giving us the loan of the house this is so funny he got it like obviously you know he's older and like I think it was part of a bit of a retirement plan and he got it before pandemic didn't get to go there oh. for so long that like he's like you'll now have practically slept more nights in it than I have just in this weekend. <laughs> but anyway, so look, we're jammy bitches and we are hitting the road and it's just going to be extremely lazy. I'm very excited. Oh, that sounds so yeah, gorgeous. Swimming and eating and that's it. Yeah. Oh, I've never been to Kilkee either, but I've a friend from there and I'm always seeing her pictures and I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, it's gorgeous. They're stunning. Yeah. <sighs> Fantastic. Yeah. enjoy it you deserve it you deserve the yeah. break away from the Thank kids you. I know I feel like what a way to kick off like a podcast like if I like tuned in and the guest was like so was I last night and then I'm going away now in a couple of hours I just be like no fuck this bitch I can't 
I absolutely can't feel I can only be near people who I feel sorry for and are, people who are having a worse time than me like I found I had to just leave Instagram for like the last kind of couple of months I was like if one more person is having a nice fucking time on Instagram I am going to absolutely go off oh I know um I think I just got into a bit of a dark headspace where it's like I can't be happy for anyone yeah it's it's passing <laughs> cool that was that was like me kind of a a little bit through the pandemic and I was like looking at all these pictures of people standing like under waterfalls and I was like what, oh, is what, what, yeah. what what's going well, on here <laughs> what reality are they living in like how do I access this I don't Jesus know. like I didn't even have such a high bar like I'd see people who they just like seemed to be in the park with children and nobody was crying and I was oh. like I can't even conceive of that oh. right now how are they managing this you know you know that you can take two pictures and one picture can look absolutely insane and the other picture can look like the happiest family ever (laughs) yes yes true very true and tell me how is your ankle and are you are you feeling a little bit better oh yeah I am um so I fractured it but like a very mild fracture like four weeks ago and mm-hmm. I was roller skating and I just fell and my ankle just like really heroically tried to break my fall so I basically broke my ankle with my own arse and <laughs> it was um, a feat like a total feat but I'm so I was in a boot for a while and I, I just got the boot off on Tuesday and the doctor was like yeah you can go back skating next week just take it easy so like that was grand I was taking it easy uh, but walking on it and it was feeling fine and then last night I just like I was so excited to get all dressed up I love getting dressed up I'm oh. like I, there's no sense of like dressing appropriate to occasion I just go all will, I just need to go my own way mm-hmm. I, I don't care if people are like what a dumb bitch like what are you wearing like I was going to this restaurant that is in a car park so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know it is concrete and it is like it's warm like they have made measures yeah like I showed up and like my two friends were like what are you doing what are you doing and I basically was just wearing like I had just gotten this kind of like shorts jumpsuit you know like a hoodie that is the jumpsuit into shorts and I had obviously because I had like finally gotten the boot off I was wearing like my favorite absolutely ridiculous shoes they on paper sound gack like if I describe them to you but let me tell you they're even more tacky in real life they're like (laughs) purple velvet wedges they are like this high my friend was like you deserve something terrible to happen to you you have she even she put it on her Instagram being like this woman has just gotten out of a fracture boot and she's wearing these what are you doing (laughs) yeah I just can't I can't be told it's terrible you know so yeah so but the ankle's much better but I have to say I am a little bit like oh well you are feeling a bit twingy though Sophie if you're being totally honest mm. maybe the wedges weren't the best idea no well anyway sure be grand be grand bit of sea swimming this weekend exactly it'll be grand and yeah. it's all worth it just for that look and just to make your friends go like what the hell Sophie yeah exactly it's yeah. all about the look absolutely (laughs) I've always been like that as well like growing up I would always wear like when I was going out I would always wear like something just class because I'd be like you know when else are you gonna get to wear this kind of thing 
doesn't matter where uh, you're going yeah. like just just wear it feel great no exactly like if you can't like there I don't believe in the kind of sex keeping things for good no. and I think most people are kind of over that whole idea now but it was so very prevalent when we were younger like yeah mm-hmm. um but I just I always just feel it's such a like outlet for creativity mm-hmm. um I always feel like you, I can definitely measure my own kind of like mental well-being oh true like if I am bothering like in the slightest yeah then I know things are okay but like yeah like if the clothes go off a cliff I'm like oh yeah uh-oh. am I okay <laughs> I totally get that yeah completely. yeah like sometimes I'll kind of like do a lot of like makeup for example to try and kind of like mask up if I'm not feeling great yeah but the, but the clothes are the real kind of yeah if I'm not taking any pleasure in like getting outfits together then you know you're yeah so what are you making I'm just gonna say Sophie is knitting something here and it looks really cool oh sorry I actually (laughs) whenever I'm on zoom I always try and tilt the camera up so that my hands are like yeah just below the camera I'm making a dress for summer for myself um so it's cotton and oh it's lovely color yeah it's kind of like a silvery lilac-y and it is this is kind of a, I mean, what would you call it? It's kind of lacy sort yeah. of. Like, I think I'll probably wear like, you know, like a shorts underneath or something like that. It's like I a crochet thinking, kind of, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, um, yeah, just kind of gappy <laughs> for want of a better <laughs> word. I think what I'm going to do is wear like a really neon, um, like shift underneath it. Mm. That is my vision. So yes, that's what I'm knitting. I'm sorry. I actually knit to focus better Not when at I'm all. chatting in case I feel like sometimes people think it's a bit rude and I'm like, no, no we don't understand. It keeps my mind from flying. Absolutely. Um, I have yeah. like, sometimes I teach um, students English online and I've got an, oh, yeah. a, a student and she's from Germany and she always knits as well when she's on doing ah. her classes. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Very nice. That's going to look really cool. And I can see the neon underneath it. That's going to be awesome. Mm. Yeah. Love it. It. You are a woman of many talents, Sophie. Um, is creativity something that's just been your whole life? If you've always been? Yeah, I would always have. Yeah. When I was a kid and younger, I was really into art. I think from like the time I was about six, if anybody yeah. asked me what I wanted to do or be, I always said artist, which kind of sounds weird, I guess. Like, where did I even get the idea that you could do that or be that? But yeah, I just was really, really obsessed with art. In secondary school, I just did like everything to the barest minimum like what I absolutely had to do and then it was all about like painting drawing making things for me um and yeah and I went to NCAD um, and I got a degree in sculpture and yeah like and it was kind of then after college I left art behind very abruptly which is kind of um one of those real watershed moments I think in um life where like 
uh, I'm sure like people have so many of them, to be honest. Like, you know, I do this podcast with my friend called Mother of Pod and we do an episode every week where we put a question out to the listeners. And I mean, often they'll be listeners writing in, suggesting questions and things like that. But we had a question about like those things that the kind of roads not taken and the kind of like things that, especially after you become a mother, suddenly feel like they really are now finished like you won't go back and do this thing you won't get that done you won't get a second chance at that and like it's quite funny actually because the my new book that's coming out in April is like really about this kind of stuff in a way like I don't know why it was all so in my head at the time but it was you know it's very much about regrets and it's about trying to like address your regrets Mm -hmm. so like in the book it's like one of them sort of like tries to set up a business where the service is like you know resolving people's regrets and Mm -hmm. giving them the opportunity to go back and do the things that's really cool themselves do I mean it's cool it ends it's well it doesn't end disastrously in the book but it's (laughs) I mean you know it wasn't the best little there's a rocky road like in the middle there somewhere but yeah it was definitely I think very inspired by like I very much have that thing of like I gave up art after college and I never took it back up really um obviously I do a lot now like just like I suppose I recreationally like I knit I do stick and poke tattoos I do I don't really draw that much but I do a bit sometimes yeah like um but I still can I guess if you know what I mean like, I know what you mean but you just... yeah like the the muscle is a bit I would say I would say all kinds of creativity are kind of similar in that you have to use it that you have to and you will like even say with singing and stuff I love singing and I am um, I was in a choir before pandemic and it's so funny even just say where my singing was at when I was in a choir singing regularly every week to say now where my singing is at like I don't get a lot of opportunity to sing my house is mostly full of people anytime my house is empty I put on headphones <laughs> and like go absolutely like go after Broadway shows yeah, and shows. really um yeah well anything I'll sing I I love singing so many different types of things but like, yes I would do a lot of Broadway but I don't have the range for it it's a bit frustrating but like I definitely know that like it's just that thing of like, if you do something every day, you become very strong at it. And like, so I know, for example, right now that I'm, my writing muscle is quite strong, but like, if I was drawing, I would be probably frustrated because I know that yes, you know, it wasn't yes. coming easy or it just, just out of practice. Like, yeah. But so yeah, no creative things that I don't think I've ever been without it to some degree or another like I basically gave up art because I had a nervous breakdown after I finished my degree Mm -hmm. and I just after my breakdown which was very like hallucinatory a lot of delusional thinking like it was very much like quite mad like Mm -hmm. very scared that I had broken my brain like for good that I would never come back from this yeah and you know it was in 2007 there's definitely less people kind of out in the main talking in like kind of a, fa- a fairly like natural kind of casual way about mental illness. Yeah. And um, so it was very hidden 
like for me I didn't tell people I was like going to Johnny God's and I didn't tell people that I was on medication then or you know that kind of way and I basically just had a real I don't know kind of I just felt really disconnected from who I had been before the breakdown and art had been a part of that person yeah I just I was just I felt like I was just actually empty like I was just a non-person that's for like a few years yeah a few years after the breakdown I felt like I was kind of just trying to put like something back yeah together like get yourself and that's well yeah I mean that's when I became a chef and I didn't train I just trained on the job and I don't know like obviously I was like looking for you know obviously what I would do for a career and things like that but but like obviously mainly just like I needed to work obviously and that seemed like something I could do And, and after a while it did sort of I guess tap back into the kind of just creative sort of impulse mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but it was a great job I did love it like I don't think you know I think it's a very it's an amazing job for being just so completely in the moment you know like uh, when you're on shift like you just oh you can't you can't get off into like delusional thinking you can't about do whether, anything you just yeah, have to yeah focus 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 yeah. focus focus yeah yeah so it was, it was very good it was a really good training it was yeah so I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Amazing. I would say it's yeah. really like intense to have to work in that job and everything just to be so, I don't know, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess like it's, I was pretty, I didn't work in fine dining, you know, I worked yeah. in just like nice cafe restaurants and cool. just making nice grub and like, I love that. And that's, you know, so it was, yeah it was great fun like it was it's a really fun job it really is like I absolutely loved it and I obviously oh. still love cooking and also I do like I think I take for granted like how amazing it is to work in professional kitchens for like whatever eight years which isn't even that long in chef years <laughs> but to then just take that into the rest of your life is so nice like it's such an amazing thing to be able to do for yourself just that you isn't a drag I, yeah. I know like how much of a drag it is for so many people and like I get it because like you know it's just yeah you haven't been trained <laughs> literally you know yeah and when you're trained something becomes a lot easier you know oh. so I do wish there was more like of a kind of exciting inspiring emphasis on cooking in school and stuff because like I never did home ec when I was in school but they, there was nothing appealing about it to me it just felt like it was built it was a lot really, of as really boring a lot of yeah it just didn't seem to like have any bit of spark to it it seemed really dated or even like I don't know I, I always remember seemed to kind of think like oh they're kind of there and they're like what are they doing in home ec they're kind of tinkering with sort of sewing or I don't know it just didn't it just didn't seem that inspiring yeah and now the way we feel about food is just so different as well to back then that I feel like they could make something really great for kids that's so just, true they probably do I mean I'm probably way out of it like my my oldest is only in second class so maybe maybe they do the like <laughs> Michelin star meal planning next year I don't know <laughs> like Heston Blumenthal experiments and <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god (laughs) oh that's so cool and it's so true like it's so relatable that you kind of 
whenever you do become a mum, you feel like everything that you wanted to do that you didn't do feels like so far away and so impossible to kind of, you know, yeah. grasp again. But absolutely. Yeah, True. so much. Like I would Is there like a standout thing in your head? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, I studied like motion graphics and did like installation art and um, stuff like this. But then I just like I moved to Spain, did teaching English, came home, had kids, and kind of didn't go back to that side. Maybe that's where everything, like the podcast and everything's come from, trying to get that Mm. creative kind of thing out. But you know, yeah, yeah, feels so hard to back it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's like when when before we started recording we were talking about your blog and like I think that's something I see so much with um women is like that blog so blogs were kind of I suppose more like a few years ago yeah but like we're the right age for blogs like yeah and you know I remember seeing them just like you know kind of spreading up everywhere and I was just kind of like oh really it really spoke volumes about how little our kind of interest and point of view was being served in like mainstream media yes. outlets do you know what mm-hmm. I mean because I remember just like finding all these blogs from other women who'd become mothers and they were talking about the things I was craving to hear about mm-hmm. you know um yeah, well you know because you were one of them and you're writing and you know and you were speaking to truth to the experience that like yeah. it's just it wasn't uh, like just you just couldn't find it anywhere not with any great sort of all you could find was like every few months like a magazine would do their can you have it all feature yeah you know? exactly so boring and so annoying and so not representative not at all and and the thing is I think as well like I became a mother and I felt really sidelined I don't know if you felt this or experienced it maybe like I'm not sure but I just felt very sidelined from s- sort of like Kind oh, of like yeah. society. oh yeah oh like, yeah you feel just, like an alien way, yeah well like obviously you feel like a lady anyway it's like your whole my entire body was like rearranged on the inside and like right down to my my bones felt like they were loose mm. after having a kid um and but it was even just like I just felt like people it was just like I just felt people just like kind of just weren't interested yeah then. You, you like feel- this is what you were now yeah, you feel like you're never like you're you've changed into a completely different person now and you're never going to go back to the person that you were before. You're never going to get like you feel like you're you again. Yeah. Yeah. But it kind of comes it. it comes back then. You realize It totally does. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I have a lot of conversations with my very close friend Jen about this um where and she would say that she like that it was a really long process for her to come back to feeling like herself as in Mm -hmm. like years Mm. and I do think it's really interesting how everyone's route back is different and even like is it is it accurate to describe it as a route back maybe not necessarily but you're kind of like you're just trying to merge two selves yeah you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's a total like it is just a mindful it's just crazy it really it's is just crazy that we're expected to just go along like it's all just fine no, I know. <laughs> when you just want to run into the streets screaming and abandon your baby with like the nearest benign stranger and just fucking get out of there you know <laughs> exactly. 
like that's the wildest part is how fine it's all like supposed to like be and you're like ah. I, I think that's why like a big factor as to why it takes people so women so long to get like merge the two selves together because mm. the way that we're supposed to be like the way that everybody thinks that you know oh everything's fine you've got your baby now and you know you're just yeah, a mom. Yeah. do the thing that's not the reality but if if that was more spoken about how it actually is maybe it'd be easier going into it like I was clueless when I went into it and then I was like oh yeah. my god <laughs> yeah yeah you know <laughs> what the I, hell <laughs> oh no like the I don't know like longest most silent scream of what the fuck just <laughs> went on for about the first year that I was a mother I was just like well I mean I yeah like I think even if you don't have something like postnatal depression I think that the adjustment is like so next level yeah that I think at, at its most baseline I think I think pretty much everyone is grappling with something that's quite kind of cataclysmic in like obviously a beautiful but very intense way you know and like that's the best case scenario and and we we know the worst is yeah well can be tragic but like it's the you know it's just such a vulnerable time so vulnerable like right after having kids and stuff yeah and uh I know yeah it's just I just felt very at sea I know myself I don't know mm. you know how oh, did you find your first for the first year like um so Ben is gonna be three now in mm. a couple of weeks and as I was telling you before Luna was my sister's little girl so she's gonna be five in August so um Ben's the one that I give birth to and I swear like for the first year of his life it's like a blur it's, just, it's yeah. just like a blur like and sometimes I look back at some of the pictures and things and I'm like I can't remember that you know it's just so so strange mm, yeah so, definitely so strange but now it's starting to kind of feel a little bit normal and now I'm like how do I have a three-year-old I know it's just bonkers you've got three boys is it I do I do yeah so I have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. Eight-year-old, five-year-old, and two-year-old. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. And... <laughs> I didn't of... do that on purpose. It, it sounds very symmetrical. There's three years between them, but my first and my last were complete blunders, accidents. Okay, uh, okay, okay. And I didn't know like what was going. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was doing. But my our, we're very proud that we planned the middle one. Oh, was... well done, well done. Yeah, yeah, well done. We got a handle on it very briefly then the bloody wheels fell off again and yes I got pregnant just before pandemic and honestly I we it, we were really thrown into um like absolute turmoil over what to do because it it just wasn't something we had at all um pictured yeah yeah and like it's so bizarre I mean everyone knows the statistics like that you know I think it's that the majority of them um, like Irish women who have terminations are 
married with families already and like okay, so much okay okay mm-hmm. well it's definitely a high percentage, a high percentage if it, if, yeah if it's not yeah please don't hold me to the facts not there, at all guys, not but a- like it's it's common it's very <laughs> yeah. common more common than a lot of people realize i think yeah. and it is because you know like you just have so much pressure because making like that decision say with my first was just like you know what it's happened yeah I'm just getting on board here and like so many people I was just kind of like okay let's go I wasn't like crazy young you know I was in my late 20s I was 27 getting pregnant yeah and I was like oh Jesus but like <laughs> you're like I can it wasn't that. like yeah like I was I was independent financially I was yeah, yeah no I was like oh look probably would have gotten around to it at some point <laughs> whereas with Sonny my youngest I had the older two to think about. Mm-hmm. I had like, what could we actually like manage? Mm-hmm. Would this kind of like somehow compromise what we could um, kind of achieve for our older two, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is like, Ireland doesn't make it very easy to have kids, does it? No. God, it no. doesn't want you to get rid of them, but it doesn't want you to have them. <laughs> very, and now they're becoming very a lot more expensive. <laughs> exactly. And they are continuing to not give us any kind of state help apart no. from very ridiculous tiny lip service yeah Etcha. um so or ecky whatever you call it yeah um so yeah that was um that was funny now. with with everything then that came after I was like because there was times in the very first lockdown you know obviously my my son was two weeks old when um they called the first lockdown so I was lucky because I did have a, you know, normal birth. Like, yeah. In that my husband was there. Things like my son had to spend a few days in the NICU. Oh. And I think often about like, I found it really hard when he was in the NICU. And I, I know that if I, if it had been a month later, he would have been in the NICU and I would not have been able to go and yeah. sit and you know like he needed the dropper and things like that yeah do. so I was like expressing into a dropper and like that all I was like oh my god how would this remember, have worked yeah I just remember like a couple of weeks into that lockdown thinking of the women who were in like in Rotunda in Hollis Street in the Coombe right where I'd been only weeks before and how it was like they were on an alien planet essentially going in to do one of the most traumatic things you can do in life and just doing it in this like completely this was one of the most screwed up situations ever yeah yeah I there's so many times over the course of the pandemic where like I just wanted to go and stand outside the door and like shout at men in suits and kick them in the shins oh my because, god because I mean I know every section like there was nobody not fucked over but at the same time I felt it so keenly that there was so much put on parents like that it was it's just it just felt like the kind of like I just felt very much that like families had to you know kind of leap into the work from home buzz yeah they had to leap into the oh we homeschool now they had to leap into, oh, we do all of this without childcare now. Yeah. Oh, and we do all of this even without, say, family members that we might have once had able to help us. And, oh, yeah, we can pause your mortgage, um, but you'll be paying that. And, uh, 
Right, Unbelievable. Like, what what kind of mortgage relief is that? I just get to be <laughs> <It's> not relief. <laughs> yeah, what? That is literally more anxiety inducing that I'm adding adding time onto this horrible, brutal, uh, you know. And I that's for those like people like me, lucky enough to even have a mortgage. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, it just the whole thing bothered me so much, and it really bothered me because I felt like it really revealed the hypocrisy that kind of exists in our culture towards kind of parents and children mm-hmm. and mothers and their children which is like uh do you know like before the pandemic there was just this constant kind of moral panic about kids and screen time yeah like what was being on the phones and being on youtube doing to the kids and parents letting their children have tablets parents using tablets to babysit the kids do you remember all that rhetoric you know like, it's I kind of in the back of on... my head now I'm like, yeah. yeah yeah they were non-stop on it and the second that like capitalism <laughs> needed parents to jump in and keep the whole machine rolling it was like Here's your tablet. I've, I've never here. I've never heard of anyone complaining about kids' screen time in the last two years. Like no. it was just like, oh, that old thing. Forget that. Forget that. Because now we need you to do everything. Yeah, we and need to. Need what, you to what's going to facilitate else. that? Putting them in front of the TV. So I just felt like it was stuff like that that was very revealing. Of like, you know, a how nonsense it is, like shaming parents for things like that. Uh, I really and and be how like just how uncaring like the systems kind of are towards parents yeah and I do think it's kind of I do think it kind of stems from like the sort of like for politicians right this is my personal pet theory Mm -hmm. so politicians you know they run on platforms and I do think that it is like they're less likely to I think kind of you know take up parenting causes because that's like a vote a voter that changes do you know what I mean like as in people shift in and out of the Mm -hmm. needs and so I do feel like as soon as you've left for example you know when like none of your kids are in school yet Mm -hmm. and say like depending on your setup but like for us like we had two kids in full-time crash for you know two years or whatever and that is just terrifying expense but you're trying to kind of see it as investing in your future as well so whatever yeah it's very hard and like everyone is playing that tetris of like can we make it work does it even pay yeah most of the time yeah would be working on a loss for a while yeah um and so you know there's like a category of people who like desperately intensely need some like you know systemic change regarding kind of help for parents and things exactly. like that and then like once you're out of that phase you're just into something new and you're like I don't even have the bandwidth to still be campaigning for that because now I have to campaign for this instead and you've just, you know it's it's yeah you've, and you're also just a cohort of people who are just like too tired to exactly <laughs> you've just got me like thinking yeah. of them like all sitting around like thinking hmm there's nothing to complain about now what are we going to do okay we're just going to like attack families here with you know screens and oh yeah and yeah. then the, what can we make them feel yeah. about that then the pandemic comes along and they're like oh we've got a real problem now <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh I know it's so oh I'm just thinking about my crash bill now I'm like 
Jeez. Oh God, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Just like triggering people. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you a listener question here. This comes from um, Mammy, Mummy, Mummy, Mama Wife. She's oh, yes, yes, yes. She's great. She's fantastic. I'm gonna yeah, I love her videos and stuff. She's absolutely brilliant. So good. Um, so she is asking, um, do you see your creative side coming out in your boys? Ah, um, yes, I definitely. Uh, my oldest is uh, very good at constructing things and drawing and uh, very, yeah, very visual Mm. he's got like really good I think kind of like spatial sort of reasoning he's very like kind of like he's very good at like uh you know seeing something in a picture and then reimagining it in 3d like so he'd often very cool yeah very very cool he'd make these kind of constructions out of paper like so he'd make like a paper rocket that stands Mm. upright and Mm -hmm. you know and like I don't know I mean he's I suppose he's my oldest so I didn't you know the way you don't have like a benchmark as such so I just kind of was like I like he likes doing this great um, and I was picking him up from school one day and he was like, oh, wait, I made, I can't remember what he'd made, like a building or something. I just want to go get the palace or whatever. And um, he came running out with it. And I was walking along with um, one of the other gals and her son. Um, and Sinead was like, oh, my God, did Rufus make that? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, she was really like amazed. She was really looking at it. And I was like, mm. oh, like that might be like. <laughs> yeah he's probably maybe extra good at that so that's good and they both they all love they love stories like telling stories and things like that and and like they love uh being read to but like I have to say neither of them now they're not very good on the reading yet I don't know fair enough fair enough I mean obviously it'll come but like I do think Rue I, I think he's not amazing. He's not a words guy, mm. put it that way. And mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. so obviously that'd be quite different to me. But yeah, so that's it. Like, yeah, they're into that kind of stuff. We do lots of like putting on plays and like, you know. We do that too. They, they love doing that. And they like make the tickets and sell the tickets to the show and like all of that's really fun. Yeah. So that would be their main, yeah. And like, they love painting and drawing and stuff like that. So like, yeah. That's cool. All that kind of jazz. Yeah. Oh, do they have any um like idea that mommy is such a successful writer? Or are they just like, <laughs> eh, just 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 mom? <laughs> um, well, thank you for saying I'm a successful writer. Yes, I, you it, certainly are. It doesn't feel that way, but uh they yeah, like they know what I do for sure. Yeah. And like they'd uh, I mean, I suppose obviously we live in a house that is like full of books and mm-hmm. they know they're interested. Like I, they'd often come up and say in the mornings I'd ride upstairs and um, like at the moment I'm working on the first draft of a new book. And so I'm kind of working very like intensively, very routined on that. Yeah. And so they come up in most mornings and Rue at the moment is like, is it nearly done? just every day he's like is it nearly done and I'm like no it's like a quarter done and he's like 
really? And he's like, there's so many words. And I'm like, yeah, I know there's so many words in a book. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that would be, I think, the extent of their interest in any of that. I mean, I think they think it's intriguing. Yeah, yeah. Um, And sometimes they'd like hear me on the radio or something like that. Um, But yeah, like it's just- You'll know in the future. very self-absorbed, you know? (laughs) When they read your books, you'll be like, yes. I actually dread the thought like really? genuinely oh yeah I couldn't cope oh like even the fiction like I'd say the fiction would freak them out because like there's sex scenes and stuff like that and then like obviously non-fiction even worse so yeah no fingers crossed no class I can't wait to read um your new book I've got uh filter this and unfiltered I've read filter this but I haven't got read to unfiltered because I don't get five minutes to do anything these days (laughs) (laughs) I understand yeah I understand that (laughs) um I love the the theme like of um filter this and it's just so relatable with like Instagram and everything these days um did you take a lot of inspiration from real life whenever you were writing this book um, yeah, I definitely did. Uh, so I wrote Filter This in 2017, 2018. Um, and I had only joined Instagram in 2016. Hmm. And I had... Um, I didn't really have any social media before that. Like there might be a really ancient Facebook account kicking around for me. Nice but like, <laughs> I don't think I even had... I mean, I remember Bebo and MySpace, but I didn't have accounts on either mm. of them. Like, I just wasn't, I don't know, like, I was just not quite the right, I don't know. You know, it just not didn't interest it. me. Yeah. yeah, but then, like, my publisher for my first book was like, you have to join some kind of social media. Like, just pick one and do it. And I was like, okay, I'll join Instagram. And I like, it's so now I'm, like, like, thinking back, and I was like, it's so sweet and naive. I, like, joined Instagram, like, a week before my book came out like really so I had like as in like I had about 12 followers to be like yay my book's out this week do you know what I mean so it was completely not what they had in mind in terms of like I just didn't understand any of it yet I didn't understand that like you needed to like you know get on there and like you know find people and and try and whatever you know build a community so that was really funny so as soon as I was on there though I think possibly because I'd gone from such a like Luddite existence of like no social media straight into like Instagram in 2016 which was just like popping off with outfits of the day and like selfies and stuff and uh it was just all so new and I felt like it felt like arriving at a party like hours late and everyone <laughs> at the party is already like baluba's drunk me too and yeah. I was just like everyone on here is insane like it's so funny that I remember being like I couldn't take like a picture of myself like I just thought it felt so alien and wrong and then like cut to like six months later and I was like <laughs> peace <Preen. laughs> preening and getting the whole angles getting the angles right you know what I mean so like I did just like I then just loved it I was like oh my god the people watching on here is amazing I just loved how it was evolving like into this kind of you know reality tv meets you know kind of Etsy shop front kind of meets like like very high production values on some accounts you know what I mean and like the whole kind of pantomime of it was really instantly fascinating to me 
Um, and I suppose like in terms of like inspiration for the characters and stuff, I was very interested in Courtney Adamo. Do you know Courtney Adamo? She's, I don't remember if she's Australian or American living in Australia, but Probably, she's basically yeah. kind of like, you know, all the kind of like beachy hair, bleached yes. out mm -hmm. vibes, kids all in the kind of burlap sacking. Everything the same very, color, all the pictures. Very the, yeah. gorgeous palette. Yeah, yeah. And I was quite interested in her and I kind of based Holistic Hazel, who is the kind of wellnessy one. Yes, yeah. Because of this, I kind of on a Courtney Adamo type or something like that. You know, like Shelly is that kind of main, like the mainstream kind of influencer who's like on top. Yeah. And, you know, she's kind of like a few people jumbled together. I mean, she yeah, there's really, a lot she, of that, that kind of yeah, type like, of girl. Yeah. Like she wasn't really particularly anybody and like any, and I didn't want her to be like two dimensional, like, because I felt like, I, I felt like people could be really dismissive of like influencers Yeah, as like, you know just like really like denigrate they denigrate them and they kind of just make assumptions about like yeah who they are and kind of like assume that they're really shallow, shallow or like and, yeah. their outlook is really like you know uh, just basic and uh you know that there isn't a lot of depth there and I just was like I honestly just can't think of a more fascinating situation to be in than living your life for an audience and then trying to live it like normally yeah. and the collision of those two things so like I was really interested in like obviously making Shelley a whole person and that I, I really felt like oh my god you know it's, just, it's such a kind of um conflict for sure, you know? for sure. And especially like she, to my mind, is a mother who was really isolated in early motherhood and like performing motherhood on her Instagram, like helped her that to is... cope. But then she became, I think, a bit trapped in it, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. And I also think that must be awful because that's what you have now is like people are monetizing their or they're monetizing some version of their real life. Yeah. And then, like, what are you living for? Exactly. Yeah, you know? that's it. So, You've... yeah, yeah, that's it. You can see um, the two worlds then... kind of colliding and... Oh, and just being really at odds. And, like, just awful to have to show up to your own life with a, a mask on, you know? It just, like... And I know that for sure, like, it's not, like, all fraught and overwrought for loads of them like loads of them are like this is my job and they've created a good boundary and like they they're it's working for them and yeah. that's uh, really great and they're also using it that uh, to like springboard their other interests and things like that which like you know I just really admire all of that I just think that it's like it's just women being so resourceful as yeah. always and so smart um, so yeah and then like the other the character like the kind of main character of those books like fakes a pregnancy yes um, on Instagram <laughs> and there is there was never I never found like I got the idea kind of independently and then went looking to see if it had been done or like you know that kind of thing and I'd never found like a an exact kind of like for like with that scenario but there was loads of things kind of hovering and orbiting around the idea yeah. like women um using like um children they were minding 
Oh. Um, photographing <laughs> children they were minding and making GoFundMe pages, pretending the children were ill. Oh I mean, the God. stuff. I've the heard stuff, this before. Yeah, yeah. The stuff online that people lie about is so far out there. You couldn't, you wouldn't believe it was true, like in a book do you know what I mean there was stuff yeah. that I was like I could never put that in a book because yeah. it sounds it seems too far-fetched even though yeah. it's, it's true I mean I think one of the huge in, in, inspirations was the wellness blogger Belle Gibson who was kind of like doing her kind of cancer con um on like a massive scale um mm-hmm. you know in 2014 2015 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um like if anyone doesn't know her she basically kind of made claims to have kind of self-treated her various cancers through uh you know clean eating and I mean it was it's it's a bonkers story it's uh it's something else but like so yeah there was a lot of real life inspiration for those books and I think there is a lot of real life inspiration for anything that I work on like I do think like the the snag list is my new book and it the kind of like very first part of the kind of idea that it became started at like a Christmas party, um, like before the pandemic. Um, I was chatting to some friends who had just moved into this kind of new build estate. And she was telling me all about the WhatsApp group that they were on with all their neighbors and the builder trying to do the snag lists mm-hmm. for the houses. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how like I mean something will start somewhere and then it will move so somewhere far else completely wherever you yeah like there was there's one other bit in the snag list that was kind of I'd heard a story from a friend who had a friend that this thing had happened to where like you know yes she was trying to get into the states and you know she couldn't get in because of like this outstanding arrest warrant from her j1 <laughs> she was like 40 <laughs> and I just yeah so bits and bobs like that sometimes kind of leak in but like there it's so you know most of the time it's like coincidental I would I well like it, it is all the time coincidental because yeah sometimes I think oh do I take things on by osmosis a bit like yeah you know, I might have I might have heard something from someone that then like later might re-emerge you know that kind of way yeah but even like sometimes though I'd be there going I think I predict the future <laughs> because I um there's a scene in uh uh it's the second book is it or the first yeah it's the second one unfiltered where one of the influencers goes on this like basically she becomes involved look honestly I don't write like you know very realistic <laughs> literary I'm not like it's not literary fiction guys I'm just here to hopefully give a bit of escapism a bit of entertainment it definitely like, is that escapism um, for sure yeah yeah I hope so that's genuinely always what I'm like trying to do always I'm always I always think in terms of the three e's for me it's like you know easy escapist entertaining like I just Mm. that's what I try to do with my novels because like that's so much what I really enjoy reading yeah so anyway she goes on this high-speed chase down the M50 and she's like on Instagram live while she's doing it and like honestly that whole thing was actually it was totally inspired the weird dark inspiration of of OJ's 
chase, car chase in the white okay. bronco and it was actually like my husband had kind of like been talking to me about it and I was like oh my god wouldn't it be so funny to do something like that because I think I was trying to work out the ending you know yes and anyway didn't about a year later this woman like get on an insta live and was like doing like being chased down by Gardi, like here in Ireland well hang on I need to find it I'm gonna just think <laughs> woman car chase insta live I were you swear. like I'm freaking psychic were you just <laughs> I was I was like okay I need to do the lotto right now I really want to find the story like this here yeah here we go Dublin car chase March 2021 <laughs> oh my god um yes this is too funny woman arrested after live streaming car chase with Gardee <laughs> it's in the Irish Times I'm gonna read it but I'm you read it. it in my book first like that's the important thing or like I don't know sorry I see I did get very into this world you see for quite a while so did you remember Clemmy Hooper the mother of daughters blogger she's English uh-uh no can't say I do so she was a big English blogger and she, around the time that I was writing the second book, yeah, I would have kind of followed her. Like she's beautiful house in Brighton. Her husband's an influencer as well. They, okay. We're talking like, they have like half a million followers, that kind of thing. They're yeah. massive. Yeah, yeah. And um, there was a thing in one of the books where one of the influencers was like trolling other influencers, like secretly, like, and... Anyway, didn't it come out that this one, this really successful mom blogger was like on one of those hate forums trolling uh, other Instagrammers? Or, oh my God. Or, yeah, talking shit about, it was so wild. Like, it was just so crazy. You just go, oh my God. But at the same time, you just think, look, you know, people got, you know, sucked into Jonestown. Yeah. Like, people will get sucked into <laughs> anything. Know, like, know, we are such funny strange creatures that like our capacity for weirdness is amazing do you know what I mean like that's what I I really love actually about my job is that like I am essentially non-stop researching I, these types of things the the creep dive has become like one of my new favorite podcasts it's unbelievable <laughs> thank you so much I, lo I love it so oh, much thanks we love doing it like we love it so fun I feel extremely lucky to to do that like you know yeah like and and you know and earn a living from it and truly love doing it you know what I mean yeah it's a it's a great gig and it so feeds into all of my work like I do find they're much they're all very connected you know yeah yeah you kind of yeah. researching and it's going into a bit of everything that you're doing yeah like I have whatsapp threads with myself um I've messaged for, her with myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like one of mine is like, like one is just called <laughs> The Island at the moment because it's my new book that I'm working on the draft for. And then it's one of them is Mother of Pod thread. One is a creep dive thread. And one is like, um, I write a newspaper column. So I have like a, a news, you know, my nobody tells yeah. you thread. Yeah. And it's just to throw things into us as, as I yeah. you know, ask them. But so many times I'm like putting something into the creep dive thread the mother of pod thread and the island horror thread and I'm just like really wow it's all very in a certain vein isn't it you know 
but yeah it's all a little unusual but it's, it's all a little all unusual good. yeah <laughs> I know like sometimes like things will I don't know something will come up in conversation that like really reveals your creep your inner creep do you know that kind of way yeah. like yeah somebody will be like I don't know like yeah talking about like a serial killer and they'll like yeah. attribute the wrong mo and i'll be like i'm sorry i have to stop it there i just you're i wrong. think that you're actually talking about ed kemper um i think you'll find and you know and then like i mean luckily it's very normalized to know everything about serial killers but like yeah. on the creep dive we i think are always maybe a little bit sidestepping that stuff because we feel like it's so covered yeah. you know like there would I have such a specific uh thing in my head about what is a creep dive story what I will do you know what I mean and it's really like I would never really do um you know like for example I'd never do Charles Manson yeah but I have done a creep dive on all the Manson girls uh now and then you know uh Um, uh-huh so it's always I just feel like we're always trying to take it in a different direction because true crime is so saturated yeah like I wouldn't even say creep dive is true crime specifically like I think we kind of we tend to call it uh what do we (laughs) what do we kind of call it like basically just like it's just like weird really really weird kind of just like things that deeply (laughs) weird deeply weird stuff yeah and like there's something for everybody animals science yes yeah, I was I was lying in bed beside my other half the last night listening and I was like did you know there's probably bugs on your eyebrows right now like having sex oh, oh my god yeah <laughs> have you googled the picture of them they're so cute yeah I think I did then yeah they are they're literally adorable little ins- like they look so adorable and then you're like oh but they're burrowing on my face yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I love this kind of stuff I love listening to this yeah. kind of stuff oh my god have you got a fa- <laughs> have you got a favorite um podcasts or podcasts that you listen to besides oh yeah oh god yeah so I am obsessed with I mean if anyone follows me on Instagram they'll probably they're being like yeah we know so (laughs) celebrity memoir book club okay so that is um hosted by two comedians um Ashley Ham and Claire Hamilton and they read a celebrity memoir every week Mm -hmm. and um break it down on the podcast and Mm -hmm. that is it's just it's just a great concept and nice. they just absolutely nail it and do it really well. And I love it. Um, and they, I'm on their patron. So on oh, their class. patron, they do kind of like a more, they'll do whatever they felt like they couldn't say on the main feed about the, this week's memoirist. And then they'll also talk more generally about general celeb stuff as well and things yeah. like that. And so I think they're brilliant. I love who weekly, um, mm-hmm. which is, uh, huge and really famous and I've literally only started listening to it in the last few months and I'm immediately obsessed. I haven't listened I I actually haven't listened to that one it's really good it's their tagline is everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't so it's all about like absolute minor low-grade celebrities like if they start to like talk about somebody who is like too famous they they, like cut themselves off yes it's really funny so basically they call like basically all of the celebrities that they deal in they're called who's and then really famous celebrities like a-listers are called thems 
Okay. And so like they'll even be kind of sometimes like they are they brought up Meryl Streep last week for some reason. Oh yeah, they were talking about some of Meryl Streep's daughters are whose, but obviously Meryl Streep is a them. So then when they started talking about Meryl Streep, one of them stopped the other and was like, No, 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 we're getting to them. <laughs> and like it's a whole lexicon. It's such a great show. It's brilliant. Like it. It's uh it's a guy and a girl, um, Lindsay and Bobby, who host that. Uh I'm trying to think of some other brilliant. Ones. I go like I get deep obsessions so like between them and their patron episodes and maintenance phase and maintenance phases patron episode like that's almost all of my listening time <laughs> do you know yeah, what I mean like I'm nearly completely covered but I'll go through phases and then I'll get into other things I don't listen I listen to podcasts for research a lot yeah um but I don't particularly have any favorite like true crime ones but what I do like is those kind of whole series you like know um Nexium and stuff like that yeah yeah exactly yeah. um so like there's been a good few of those that I really like there's a, a really big podcast called you must remember uh this which is all about old Hollywood and ah. they did that's so uh, presented by a woman called Karina Longworth, who's like a sort of a film academic. And it's a brilliant podcast. It's been running. It's one of the longest running podcasts on the net, I'd say. And uh, she did a series about Charles Manson in Hollywood. So it was like a, every it was like a 10 parter. It's it's just still one of my favorite all-time podcasts I've I've re-listened to it many times like it's got incredible production they have actors playing some of the people and they're amazing like they just do an amazing job on it and so it's Charles Manson's Hollywood is what it's called within you must remember this you must remember Charles Manson or something Oh, it's so good. It's all like where Charles Manson intersected with stars of Hollywood and things. It's, it's like, so fascinating. It's like the the movie Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like genuinely a hundred times better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but very in that vein. Yes, yes completely. Yes. Um, there's a, another series that does, I'm trying to remember what it is because I've listened to them, but basically they do an, a series on a movie and um, mm-hmm. so they might do like eight episodes all about a movie so they've listened to Exorcist, the exorcist and jaws mm-hmm. and it's about the behind the scenes the making of ah. but it's very like you know they do have actors like playing steven spielberg and you know that kind of way yeah and uh, it's very well told and it's just uh, it's basically kind of oral histories of uh of movies and stuff and um, so all of those i i love like really probably not at all. I listen to a lot of books on Audible, so Me that's too. my other listening time. Me yeah. too. <laughs> so I'm listening to um Jonathan Van Ness at the moment, oh, his memoir over the top. I, I know. I bought it the other day. He's amazing. Ah, I'm great obsessed. shout! It's so good. It's so good. Did you Honestly, watch? It's just. Did you watch his show? What was it? Getting called? curious. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it yet, actually. I started the first one about bugs and then I stopped it and was like, actually, I think this could be a show that I could watch with my kids it's and really that, I, that I might do that instead. Because like, um, I definitely, I think you probably, I'm sure everyone kind of finds this, but like, you know, when I'm just trying to find things that are like just broadening out the kind of definitions of like what people can be and what people are, because it's so like, everywhere with kids media is just so just Mm -hmm. like it's on the binary it's just really kind of ordinary 
yeah it's just very narrow and so when when I started watching it it was like oh actually I think the kids would find this really fun I just thought I and like you know introduce them to Jonathan Van Ness and his message as early as possible you know I know so I'm yeah but I'm gonna get back to it but I'm obsessed I've been obsessed with them revisiting Queer Eye actually so much lately just it's just I think really cathartic yeah it's so comforting like watching that show so comforting yeah so you know when things are like not easy in your own life and it's a bit hard to access the feelings yeah. about that do you know yeah. that way like yeah. of course you do I mean in terms of like grief and stuff mm-hmm. it can be so hard to sit with those feelings and so I find sometimes going to watch like Queer Eye I'll be like crying like bawling about like some man in Texas yeah who's like never gotten to be himself yeah and I'll be somehow managing to kind of cry about my problems yeah like in in the course of that as well and I think it's very healing like I don't think you know the lads wouldn't begrudge us the lads are like this is what we're here to do we're here to help everyone reach kind of a cathartic release I can hear them now (laughs) I know yeah yeah I love um watching Bobby no I was gonna say I love uh Schitt's Creek as well do you watch Schitt's Creek? oh yeah Great. I actually just didn't really get on with it and really? I know like sometimes that just happens like yeah I tried to watch the first series and then my friend one of my friends is like the biggest Schitt's Creek fan ever and I was texting her and I was like I just don't know if it's gonna happen for me Mer. and she was like I mean yeah maybe it's not like sometimes that it and then she was like I mean can you do you think you could push through to the second series and I was like <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I'm already back watching Project Runway I just it's not gonna work for me it's not gonna happen for me so yeah I don't know why I just didn't get on with it and the thing is like I love Dan Levy I love like obviously um Eugene Levy and Catherine Hart. like I love all of the aspects. individually like yeah yeah and I always loved all of their movies like Best in Show I love and you know, waiting for Guffman. Uh, Guffman. Did you ever see that one? I've seen it. No. Um, it's about like amateur theater, um, like Amdram stuff. It's really fun. But like, you know, the way like that all that Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara crowd yes. that like did all those movies. But I just yeah, I don't know what it was. Just but sure, you win. It's just one of them things. It's like me and yeah. Mum. I'd be telling Mum like, go watch this show, and then she's like, no, Jen don't get it at all and I'm like it's okay yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah, wrong with you yeah. but it's okay <laughs> oh yeah and the thing is there's so much good stuff that like I kind of can't wait I can't give anything I can't push through first series to That's see if it. it'll get good <laughs> speaking of of weird weird stuff did you watch um the tinder swindler no I actually <laughs> haven't watched it yet oh well okay no hang on I, I started it and yeah. I, I turned it off and then Jen was like no no it gets better it gets better <laughs> Yeah, I sound like I'm so picky. I'm not. But... You know what? It's not like I wasn't watching it going, oh, this is so good or anything. I started watching it and I was like having a glass of wine thinking, OK, I'm just going to watch this till the end now because I want to see what actually happens. So yeah, it wasn't like yeah. the best show, but the story was just like, what the hell? <laughs> just right. an insane story. What he was at was just so weird. So weird. I mean... Okay. Okay. That's selling it back to me. Okay. I'm going to try yeah. it again. Yeah. And if, you, if you're yeah. not, if you like, if you don't get into it again, maybe just like read the articles or something. See what it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just give um, Jen, if you listen to Creature, you know Jen. Um, yeah. I'll just get, make Jen give me the TLDR. Oh, yeah. Because, like, 
if anything is even remotely entertaining and then Jen O'Dwyer gets her hands on it and retells it, it is already going to be like 500 times funnier than the original ever could be. Brilliant. She is just the most like consummate storyteller, you know? Brilliant. Um, I'm very lucky that it is my job to sit and listen (laughs) to her stories like several times a week. (laughs) <laughs> like so good. it's so good yeah <laughs> I don't know was it her telling the one on the creep dive about the the kids in was it in Texas that were in the pandemic and then they all ignored all the rules they ignored all the rules and they went off on like a big break together and it was insane Jesus, I have no idea I literally <laughs> like I've never heard that story in my life I don't think you were, I don't think you were on that episode but I, th- I don't know if it was Jen or not but it was insane it was like they all got shunned and everything by the town then because they didn't listen and they went off on a holiday and they were all like a sorority that's weird and I can say that I've only ever missed one episode Whoa, imagine if it's that episode. <laughs> Maybe. That's mad. Weird. Weird. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Well, it certainly wasn't me telling that story. No, no. <laughs> I hope not. But, like, to be honest, that kind of stuff actually happens all the time. Like, that after however many years of doing it, like, we will sometimes, like, I remember once we were down in Galway and we were doing, it was like the morning of a live show and we yeah. were having breakfast. Uh, we were all like doing our homework for the live show and I was kind of like oh I've got a really good one I can't wait lol and then like Cassie's like oh come on give me give me a clue give me a clue like we were just literally chatting over coffee and I was like okay I'm just gonna say tall dark blonde or something hot tall blonde is what I said and she was like hot tall blonde Sophie (laughs) I've told you that story I told you that story and like that happens so much I was like okay shit change track change tack <laughs> or like we'll come with the same story like that's happened as well oh really, really funny I oh. mean yeah it's so bizarre when there's crossover it doesn't happen as we to be fair if, after however many hundreds of episodes it should have happened oh, more but like yeah very good I think we all have our little lane like Jen loves the animals and science okay and, and the history they- stuff you know Cassie loves the internet kind of you know stuff yeah and Cassie loves a catfish and I will usually appear with most of the rest a jumbled mix of cannibalism and (laughs) serial killers mutilation (laughs) and 9-11 nice always (laughs) 9-11 so yeah so it's kind of good we don't tend to stray into each other's lanes even I have sometimes found things and been like ah it's a really good story but it's pass it over pass it on yeah yeah they'll do a better job I freak oh I love I just love the podcast and I'm so oh, thank like, you so Thanks happy so I found it I'm just gonna go and listen to all the episodes so good <laughs> <laughs> um okay well we've been talking for a very long time now and I am going to be picking up my kids very soon well one of them's here the other one soon enough I'm gonna ask you one last question before we go who is your mumspiration do you have a mumspiration oh um shit now I knew this, I knew this question. <laughs> the only question I knew was coming and I didn't have a think about it. That is so stupid. Um, like, uh, no pressure. It's hard to pick, like, it doesn't you know, have to be just, it's hard to pick just one or whatever, but, yeah. uh, we've okay. had every also, answer for this, every answer. It, 
it's probably so naff to say your own mother no so good but I do find like I feel very lucky to have had her as a mother I think she's been like an amazing role model like she doesn't do what I do or anything but like she's been an amazing role model in terms of like I think I grew up with like no sense that it was even a question that I should absolutely feel completely free to explore my creative pursuits and my stuff children or no children do you know what I mean it just didn't ever Mm -hmm. it was never in my eye line this kind of oh working mom versus non-working mom kind of thing yeah you know I kind of felt like oh I just remember kind of arriving on the internet in about 2015 and being like oh they've cooked up this thing (laughs) (laughs) oh what if it was oh look they found something to pitch women against women oh go them but anyway so I for the for for that I say her because I think that she is really I mean yeah just goes without saying that she's very pro and and supportive of all that and that's and then um like I do think like I kind of think this is kind of broader but like yeah all the mothers like who are artists and things like that mm-hmm. I think that they are really inspiring I do feel like they're kind of at the vanguard of sort of like you know <clears throat> asserting women's freedom within motherhood mm-hmm. because I do think that like there is a thing about your if you're a working mother that you must justify it. It must be justified in terms of the financial um, aspect for the family. And that if you're an artist mother, I think there is sometimes a kind of uh, little kind of sense that there's something selfish about it because it's not necessarily mainstream, you know, in support of the household financially. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so I always think that like, the artist mother has to kind of fight for, you know, just like not even respect, but just fight to not be kind of, uh, I suppose, judged dis- so dismissed or judged. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like, and so like there, I've definitely like met like obviously I went to art college and things like that. And I know artists, and I've met a lot of women who are artists and who have children, and I just like I really admire because I know what it takes to push like being an artist is pushing you have to push through your own um blocks you have to push through the bitch voice in your head you have to push through all of the external stuff like money and jobs like you have to do so much to just get there do you know what I mean like I Mm -hmm. mean I even like I'm lucky now I write full-time and I'm very very happy and grateful that I do but like you know I wrote my first two books while I was I had a full-time job and you know like you just make it work around and you push and I think that like with an artist mother like she's pushing for her art and she's pushing for her identity and she's also pushing for her kids and pushing for her you know what I mean and it's just I just think that it's a it's a really hard road that is not acknowledged enough yeah and um and like 
yeah so I just kind of have I have enormous admiration for for all those women that I have have met and kind of you know that's just do it and like there's a woman um actually I don't know her but I just started following her on Instagram and um she's living in the west of Ireland and I I got onto her through my friend Leah who is another fabulous um woman and writer um and she she put me on here so this woman's name is Betsy and she is um single mom and she is setting up this I'm just gonna uh, search it so she's a writer herself mm-hmm. um uh, a novelist and she also is setting up like a kind of retreat for single mothers to come single mothers who are artists to come and wow that's and the whole idea of the retreat is that like there is childcare inbuilt into this so that these women are totally like have this like ultimate freedom like as as all mothers know like that would that's where so much stuff like falls short yeah you know in terms of like so many places be like yes we want to encourage women yeah but like they don't think a lot of women might have families who they are like seriously being they lean they're leaned on do you know what yeah. I mean so, so it's that kind of thing that I always find quite interesting like I was doing an arts council application last year and I was like you know I had to kind of really like be reminded that like I can put childcare in in there yeah. the budget mm-hmm. of what I'm applying for here so okay so follow this woman okay she's great her name is at Betsy Cornwell on oh, Instagram and she is um, I can't remember if she's Canadian originally. Yes. Um, but she, uh, so her project is called Old Knitting Factory. And so she's Born. working towards it becoming a childcare inclusive arts retreat for single mothers and other twice marginalized single parents. Wow. And so, uh, you know, I just think like, that she's incredible that is that is really such um an interesting perspective on the question like I've heard all kinds of answers but I've never this is something I've never thought about before and it's so so true and especially a woman like that that's really gonna help like earlier on when we were talking about you have your dreams and they kind of you know (laughs) get pushed away when you become a mom this is this is like something amazing for like creative women that maybe like are single moms and just so so supportive and such a great idea yeah yeah and like also I think like I hate that like the term artist kind of if if it ever seems exclusionary or anything like that because I I just want to kind of say that I take the definition like you know to kind of you know encompass like whatever we kind of you know create work at and use to express ourselves yeah. you know mm-hmm. and I do think that like it's such a horrible horrible blocker for women very particularly to assert their creative you know their creativity or to kind of assert that like my creative output matters yeah like it might not matter you know if you judge things only by you know how much income they can generate but it matters, you know, on so many far more important, more meaningful levels. And like, yeah. so I just, I do think it's really sad and it's really hard when, 
you're so fucking sometimes your life like it's, it's just you're so stymied that it's so hard to to push and get the time and do what you would like and want to do yeah um, but I also think that like kind of try to even psychologically overcome the idea that like what I'm doing is no good or not important Mm -hmm. like you don't even need to ever show your art to anyone like it's about you and like truly I kind of wish I'd learned that earlier like I wish I'd learned that a lot earlier and like and even now I'm saying it and I'm like I wish I could believe it every day because I don't believe it every day either you know what I mean but like I do think it's kind of like a message that has been so fucking drowned out by the kind of just late capitalist kind of culture mm-hmm. you know that we've all kind of been brought up in you know exactly and it's, it's really it's just really sad like I know like sad and shit if you think of like hundreds of years ago people would be creating things just for themselves and it'd be things that would be passed down over the years and we'd be looking at them now going wow but maybe yeah. now you'd be thinking, oh, just I'm not just going to make something or do something just for myself. Like Definitely. Like, I actually find something that really helped unlocking it. The idea with me was taking up dancing. And that was really something that, like, I was coming to. I had this entire narrative about being a really clumsy person who was not very physical, not very, uh, just not a dancer. Yeah. And the and like it's something like in learning to dance I started to realize that like there is yes learning aspects but that like so much more of something like dancing is just unlocking the kind of you know idea that there is a right way or a wrong way do you know what I mean yeah. and just kind of just kind of unlocking the preconceived kind of notions that you cannot do something but in reality yeah or that like there's a worthy way to do something that like my dancing doesn't look like her dancing and her dancing is worthy and mine therefore just by contrast is not you know what I mean like there was um there's a follow a lot of dancers on Instagram and like there's a wonderful um dancer who you know writes about kind of like just finding expression in your movement and like really staying inside yourself in your movement instead of like like instead of being so completely yes wedded to choreography where it is you're imitating and you're potentially moving your body in a way that your body doesn't really do I don't know like I found like that that was very freeing I was like oh I can do this literally for no other goddamn reason except that I am enjoying it and and it and like I it's it, a funny one I think because sometimes I think about dancing alone in my room as being like very like <laughs> I don't know I feel like it's like making a kind of um you know a sort of um what's the like a, a kind of what is that word again there's a phrase for art that is like literally a moment in time oh what is it called again Oh, that's driving me crazy. I don't time know. I can't think. I can't oh, that's, think. Con- that's, gonna, <laughs> that's going to piss me off all day. And I'm going to email you later and be like, De- I've got it. Time dependent or time based. Based. 
time sensitive <laughs> time sensitive time <laughs> all mother art is time fucking sensitive art isn't you're it right. like fucking get that done get that done you're making me yeah think i suppose it's time based you're making yeah. me think of the book have you ever read it the kids book giraffes can't dance it's brilliant no it's brilliant it's like oh Gerald I mean, the giraffe and he's like going to the jungle dance and all the other animals are like amazing at like the cha-cha and all the different dances and he's really sad because he can't he can't dance but then he goes off and at the end it's like um everyone can dance if you find the music that you love it's oh it's so good <laughs> that is so good that's oh. so nice Sophie thank you so much for being on it's been an absolute pleasure ah thank you jenna it's been so nice chatting to you thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode please follow us on instagram at hiccup pod for news and updates check out www.irishmamabice.ie slash hiccup and don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast streaming app